Hey everyone, welcome to uh, Know Your Gear QA number 69 and uh, back from the PRS event. And before we start, I want to do a couple shout outs. Just real quick, uh, I want to do the shout out to the original crew, the ones that kind of started this whole QA thing who supported every week. Uh, these people are do some some accolades. It's Bradulus, Jeff Howes, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce, and the uh, One Blood We. I hope I'm saying that it's one blood we. If I'm saying it wrong, uh, Bruce, let me know. Uh, Hannah Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, David Madison, which uh, a special shout out to him in a second. And of course, Lawrence Petros. So first, I just want to say uh, thank you so much to you guys. We'll, we'll address the rest before the uh, broadcast is over. And uh, got a couple shout outs. I noticed Cheddar Kung Pao's out here. Uh, Cheddar, two things. One, thank you for hanging out with me at the PRS event. It was great. I got to have breakfast with him twice, uh, twice and uh, hang out at the event, which was great. And uh, two, I want to shout out because this channel just hit 400 subscribers. Not an easy milestone to, to meet by any means. A um, uh, little story for you. When my channel hit uh, about 300 subscribers, uh, that was a big deal for me. I've always mentioned that. And the reason is, is because I realized at that point, I didn't even know 300 people. So that was my first inkling on my channel that more than just maybe my friends, relatives and <laughs> acquaintances were watching, you know what I mean? Because it had grown bigger than what I could imagine I knew. So, uh, so it's a big deal, 400, uh, unless you're just way cooler than me and have a lot more friends than me, which is very possible as well. Maybe they're all just your friends. I hope they are. And either way, congratulations on that. And uh, so we'll get into it a lot this week, right? It's been a crazy week. I've been flying back and forth. I've been out of town a lot lately between the last couple of weeks, and I might be out of town again uh, in about another week or two. Okay. Um, what do we have going on? There was a couple of questions already. And while people are kind of coming on, I figure I'll hit some of the questions that I saw. One of the first questions I saw was uh, two. I'm going to do them out of order. Uh, this is from Randall... Vandergriff, Vandergriff, sure. Uh, it says, hey, Phil, any thoughts on the Schecter Solo 6 Elite Custom? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Schecter guitars I'm a, uh, because I think their quality always surpasses their price point. Now, they're getting a little pricier now, but usually every PR, uh, Schecter and PRS, I should say PRS too, but Schecter guitar, uh, to me, in that vein, is a is a quality instrument. I've, I have a couple Schecters, and I like them very much. They've always been quality for the money. Um, they got a reputation for quality, which is a nice thing too, and I think that sounds good. They use good components. They were the first company to me in my mind that was like, hey, we're going to build all their guitars in Korea, and but we're going to put Tone Pros, Bridges, uh, Graph, Tech Nut, Graph Tech Nuts, uh, Seymour Duncan, and EMG Pickups. I mean, they were really like, hey, let's throw everything in it. And um, it was great stuff. So I still think it is. I still think it holds up to this, to, this, to this day. The other question I saw was, uh, Resington said, Hey, Phil, what's your favorite neck pickup at this moment? Um, I'm going to say it's one of three because I have three guitars I really like. I really like my Pete Thorne pickup a lot in the neck. It's creamy, it's smooth, it cleans up well. It's got a lot of the characteristics of a low output single coil I like because it's a low output humbucker, but no noise and it's got some warmth. I also really like the EVH Wolfgang pickups in the neck and that's the opposite spectrum. It's a little hotter, uh, really grabs, it really makes those uh, distorted notes sing and solo well. And uh, then I, I think I like probably the Tim Shaw in the neck. And those probably three are my favorite right now, but always an honorable mention is I've always been a pretty diehard 59 uh, jazz in the neck from Seymour Duncan. Love those as well, too. So, um, 
Reggie Wooten just did a super chat. So uh, thank you, Reggie. That was awesome. I appreciate that. Um, that's where I want to do the shout out to the patrons, uh, the patrons uh, and, and the super chats, all that stuff that paid per, for the, uh, to me to go to PRS and back. Um, I did it as budget friendly as I, I could. Uh, Gene, who's amazing at PRS, uh, provided me with two, two nights at a hotel uh, on the island, which if you don't know, if you're not from Maryland, uh, it's a big deal because it's expensive to stay on the island. So that was nice of her. The, uh, I ended up having, I paid for one night myself. And then my buddy Nathan let me stay in his uh, house. Let me show you this for a second. <laughs> Hopefully Nathan won't mind. Let me go to it. Because I think if I tell you without showing you, I'm doing a disjust, disjustice to this. So Nathan has an apartment. So to cut costs, of course, I asked him if I could crash on his pad. I crashed on his couch. He has an apartment that... That is a, uh, I'm going to say repurposed. Here it is. Uh, repurposed meaning it used to be something else and now it's a, a apartment. So here we go. Here's, and uh, if you're looking at there, there's Nathan right there in the corner, right there. Yep. If that looks like a church to you, that is only because it's a church. So it used to be a church. That when I woke up in the morning on the couch, that is what I was looking through. <laughs> And that's the backyard. So if that looks like a cemetery, it's only because it's a cemetery. Uh, Nathan did make me laugh when he told me that it's an it's an old cemetery. It's like an old, old. I, I think he said the newest uh, stone is from the 1800s. Um, but he told me sometimes the neighborhood kids like play soccer through there. It was just so uh, mind boggling. And then, of course, the neighborhood was a beautiful neighborhood. Um, so, again, thank you so much to Nathan. Uh, this, what made the trip possible was Gene, uh, helping with two hotels, uh, nights, uh, Nathan, let me crash on his couch and, uh, and then the patrons, of course, uh, donating to the channel that helped pay for the airfare. I kept as budget friendly as possible. And, uh, it was great. It was a great way to, to get the event and get some videos done. And, uh, and I thank you all for that. That was important. And I appreciate it. Um, JT Blackwell has says base question. Sorry. Any thoughts on the NS design base? with Paizo and active pickups. So that's a Ned Steinberger design base uh, with the Paizo and active pickups. You know, um, I'm a big fan of the Paizo system in a, uh, in a base. I've had really great tones with it. I, I don't know why I don't currently own one. Uh, I probably going to be something I'm going to install in one of my bases. I've always been a fan of it. Now I like the Ned uh, Steinberger design base. No question. So all three of those things. I like active pickups. I like uh, the Paizo system and Ned Steinberger. Uh, one of the active bases that I had that had Paizo that I loved was my Godin base. I really kind of regret getting rid of that. That's one of those bases that I let go because I wasn't using it and I miss it. Uh, but yeah, Paizo system all the way to go. So that's my thoughts. I, I don't know what there is. There's something about the harmonic tones that you get out of Paizo from bass. On a guitar, it's cool because it simulates an acoustic. But a bass is not about an acoustic bass. A Paizo system is just another texture to the sound that i really really like so yeah if you're thinking about getting one i don't think there's a there's any reason not to by the way uh uh, uh so let me know let me know because i know you kind of know me so i know you know me so let me know personally if you get the base let me know what you think okay so uh aaron dobbs says phil what were your recommendation for high gain p90 pickup additionally do you think i should go for another p90 in the neck or pair it with another humbucker. I'm looking for something high gain. Uh, you know, high gain and P90 have never been in the mix for me. It's not the thing I love. So I'm sure there's a lot of players that have success with it. To me, I love the P90. To me, the P90 and a Marshall are like this. 
there's just something about that tone. The first time I ever played like a Plexi or a JC100, which was both, I tried them both, with a Marsh, uh, with a Marshall, with a Gibson Les Paul and a P90, was the day I discovered the magic of a P90. There's something about that amp, those pickups, that crunch tone that just sounds fantastic. Now, P90s, what's nice about them because they're uh, they're ceramic and they tend to have this punchy sound to them. They, I, I think they're they're everything I love about a single coil and more. So you know, right? But high gain, I don't know. So when I say high gain P90, I think of a stacked noiseless P90, and then you're starting to get away from the P90. So to me, a stacked P90 is something I would do if I had a P90 in a guitar and I need to. Uh, change that. So I don't know if uh, that's, you know, something you should do. Um, one P90 I do like uh, that would fit in a humbucker is, of course, uh, Phil X's P90. It's a fantastic pickup. But I, I'd say, you know what, when you say high gain, you're, I, I think, man, just love a, just go with a humbucker. I think something like that. Um, it just depends on what you're trying to get. Now, of course, you know, tastes vary. You'll get all kinds of different tones, but I just, when I think P90, I don't think high gain could be wrong. Let me know in the comments guys. Cause sometimes, you know, uh, people have had great success where I've had failure and vice versa. So let me know your successes with that. And that'll help Aaron out too, to kind of see what has, what you found that worked, especially since it's really nice if somebody's already tried two or three and they can, you can let him know, Hey, these are what worked and didn't work. Uh, what a way to help somebody save some, some time and money pulling in, putting in pickups and taking them out. Let's see. Um, Jimmy wants to know how I, how I like the Marshall origin amps. I still haven't tried them. The big issue for me was, as you guys know, they were, I bought the DSL that didn't work out for me. I decided to get the origin and I watched Shane in the blues video and they sounded horrific. And one thing about it's great about Shane, the blues is his, his videos sound great and he's a great player. So I really felt confident watching that video that, uh, it was the amp and you know what it had, it had a lot of the tones I didn't love, but mostly I'll tell you what I took away from it. And I could be wrong. It, I have a Marshall class five and I thought it kind of had that vibe to it. And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting going to a 20 watt, uh, you know, origin. I know it's, I think it'd continuate. Right. But I have a, a five watt made in England class five that I'm, I'm happy with. Um, so that's what happened with that origin. So if I had a contact at Marshall that let me borrow one, I would do a video for sure. So you guys know, I just don't, I don't know anybody at Marshall. So, uh, if I, if I come across one to borrow from a friend or anybody nearby, um, maybe I'll, I'll do that. Cause like I said, I would like to do it out of just a curiosity. You never know when you're missing something. Robert Baker did a video. Um, but you know, again, he's a great player and so he can make it sound great and it cannot be great. So, and I know he really likes it. So I, that makes me think it's gotta be a pretty good amp, but you know, that's where I, that's where I landed. I just did at this point. I'm just not, I'm not willing to put my money into ordering one and giving it a try. Okay. All righty. What else do we got going on? Larry's got a question I don't understand. So maybe if I say it, I can get clarification. It says, do you think PRS is on the spectrum? What does that mean? Give me, give me some insight on that. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm not grasping what the question is.
Okay, here's an easy one. Jason Yates says, could you please explain F-Space? We've talked about this on the show, but you know what? These are kind of questions that it's important to kind of reiterate and come back to every time. F-Space is usually used in DiMaggio pickups, but sometimes used by other companies. Uh, Seymour Duncan used the term trim bucker, right? So uh, there'll be a T, like trim bucker. It just means it's spaced correctly for a tremolo system. Sometimes that's referred to as the Floyd Rose or the Stratocaster's tremolo, but either way, it's a tremolo system. You usually put it in the bridge. It's a nice thing to do. I've said it over and over again, though. It is not mandatory. So if you have a guitar with a tremolo and you put a non-F-spaced or non-trimbucker pickup in it, it'll work fine. If you put a tremolo space pickup in a non-tremolo uh, spaced guitar, it will also work fine. These are based on my experiences. I've had no experience where I've tried. What happened with me is you can imagine customers would come in with a guitar repair for me and they'd have the pickup. They go, I ordered this online. Here's my guitar. And if we could exchange it and get the right pickup, that's great. But a lot of times you couldn't. And so, you know, you just put it in. And what I learned over the years doing that was I, I can't, you know, they go, what am I missing? And I go, I can't hear a difference. Uh, I could not tell you what you're missing. Although I think there's a benefit to having the slugs directly underneath the string. So obviously, if you can get the correct spacing, I think you should do that. But I don't think you should stress if you don't, because I've found nothing that says, wow, you're really missing the tone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's not a tone suck. It's not going to ruin anything. So something to, to seriously think about. And then real quick, while we're doing that, I'm going to multitask here for a second, guys, please. Because like I said, I like to pin the super chat so I don't lose them. And then that way we can jump around and ask some questions all over the place and then give the people who, okay. <laughs> Alizar says, ever cried over a guitar? Tears of joy or sorrow? No. Isn't that sad? Uh, you know, people, sometimes people are not criers. I'm not really a crier. I've cried. You know, you cry sometimes, but usually it's, it's got to be pretty bad. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I would love to have some manly points right now for that, but that's not what it is. It's just sometimes, you know, some people are just not criers. I'm more of a shutdown. Emotionally, when I'm sad, I just shut down. Uh, I don't really kind of emote out. That's how, what I've learned about personality. Some people just can, you know, when something bad happens, their emotions just start pouring out of their body and they can't control it. That I understand. I'm more of the uh, in other internal, like I just shut down. That's how you can tell I'm upset. It's almost like I turn into a robot. So if I was really sad about guitar, I would actually shut down and turn into a robot. And sadly enough, that same emotional awkwardness comes through when I'm happy. Uh, when I'm happy, I don't shut down, but I seem happier when I'm normal. <laughs> so normal, I think I'm in a good mood. I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. If you're hanging out with me, I'm, I'm definitely like energetic. But when something really exciting happens, there's no like tick upward. <laughs> I don't get like more excited. Um, uh, I just tend to, you know, uh, be that way. So no, unfortunately, nothing like that. So I have cursed though. That helps. I've cursed out loud, some loud, loud curse words. Uh, I just had something happen to me. You know what happened to me the other day was recording a video uh, for the uh, new um, uh, Beatronics fuzz pedal that's amazing. I was using the telly right here and it fell over. I wasn't thinking. I set it down like an idiot and went to do something to pedal. It fell over and it fell on. What did it fall on? Like a music stand or something? Something bad. And uh, that was... So So I'll give you my uh, my reaction to that was I shut down. I just did that thing where I just didn't move. I sat there for a second and I'm like, didn't want to look at it. You know how you do that? You know, you're like, oh, I just don't even want to know. And I went and it was fine. It was fine. Maybe it got a little dimple in it. I don't think it did anything. So it was fine. 
I don't mind if guitars get dinged and stuff. I just don't care, but I still want big chunks taken out of them that, so, so it, it was fine. Wow. This is cool. Marcelo says big fan of your work since 2015. Keep on. Well, that's when that, like, that's the beginning, man. I started putting up my first videos in 2015 sporadically. I didn't really start putting up videos in a kind of consecutive basis until the late end of 2016. So man, that is absolutely at the beginning. So thank you. That's thought. That's awesome. Thank you to hear that. Thank you. Um, and then Larry's got a question about colored strings. Have any experience with colored strings? I do. They, uh, I hate them. Uh, let me explain why, because the, at first they're so great and then they chip off fast. So DR makes the colored strings. There's a couple other companies, obviously black diamond makes black strings. Uh, my experience is, is that they are cool looking, uh, tone wise. We won't argue that that's too hard to figure out because how do you compare that? Cause of course they don't sound like a normal string, but they're coded, but that's not the point. If you have colored strings, you're looking for the pow factor. And so I did whatever it does. I've done the lime green. So a couple of things I have an issue with colored strings. One, they're very inconsistent in the idea of the way they look. Some of them, the coding looks great. And then sometimes one's like, so you got five great colored strings and then the one's kind of an off color, like, you know, it's a little lighter. So there is some inconsistency in the way that they dip the paints. I, these these strings are not cheap so you know what i mean so that's one issue is inconsistency the second thing is uh playing them very quickly even bass the the stuff just starts chipping off and then you have chunks of it off and it soon it looks horrible so here's the thing if you're on stage and the audience is going to look at you the strings are great no matter what five ten fifteen feet away if that's what your goal is that's great but if you're doing it just because you're at home or you know you're doing it for yourself because you're curious i think you'll be excited for a little while and then they kind of wear off fast. So depends. Now, again, I always say this, your mileage will vary, maybe a different pick, different style. You can get them to last longer, or maybe you don't even mind if they have little chips in them, but that I did not dig considering they're two and three times what normal strings cost. And I like new strings. I like fresh strings. So if you like fresh strings, you generally don't like expensive strings because you're changing them all, all the time. I will change the strings as often as I can financially tolerate. So Dennis says he's addicted to the Know Your Gear Hangout. Man, that's awesome. And I have some great announcements. Maybe it's a good time to segue into that. So some announcements to uh, point out is, and I'm going to show you because I like to show everybody stuff right now, is the Know Your Gear website has some new changes coming. And they're important. Uh, I think so. And the first thing I want to show you is this. We'll take five seconds. Is on the Know Your Gear, web know Your Gear website, there is a new segment called the history of gear and it's written by a new year gear crew a new year gear sorry know your gear crew member and uh, it is um m sawyer and he is taking forever to research which i don't mean forever like badly i mean he's taking a long time to research get this right he did a, a story on the history of the very first pedal ever and now we have the history of the marshall super lead this is just new features you're going to see on the website including some really new cool stuff that involves the community a lot of community building is coming to the website uh, because of which it's feedback from you guys that you, some of you don't like Facebook. You don't like to be on Facebook. I post a lot on Facebook. Some people don't like Instagram. And, uh, so, you know, cause you have to be a member of something. The great thing about the website is check it out. There's links on all the videos, uh, check out the website. You can go there. You can be part of the community. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to do anything. Just see what's going on. These changes will be great. Um, and they're happening fast and furious. Uh, he has been working his butt off and so much stuff is coming up. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy about it. So 
All right, next question that we have was, Raymond says, Paul Reed Smith, MT2 Clean Channel. I, I think he means MT15, but okay, Clean Channel. Good for older guy that likes high gain sometimes, but usually uses pedals. Yeah, the clean on it was was perfect for a pedal platform. Uh, I hopefully will have a, I tried, this is what I did. I asked PRS if I could borrow a MT15. We talked about that on the live show. Obviously, I did the video with Doug Sewell. And he was, you know, just an amazing guy, man, right? And uh, so after that, trying the the Tremonti, of course, I liked it. And I decided I want to buy one. And so I've asked them to sell me one, hopefully in a timely manner before I can get one from a dealer. But I am trying to actively trying to find one from a dealer. I've reached out to a couple of dealers. All of them basically can't guarantee I'll get one anytime soon. And so I'm trying to get one relatively soon. So I know that you guys... Uh, I'm trying to get something from the first batch so that when I do the review, those of you who could order in time to be on the second batch. And so then what I'd like to do is do something like run pedals through it. I know that new amps like this are hard when you can't try them. If they could give you a really detailed walkthrough through it, I'd, I'd really be willing to do that. But so far, so far, no luck. So it looks like I'm, if I'm going to get one, I might be getting one a month or two or, you know, away. So I'll, I'll do my best guys. Like I said, if I can borrow one, you know, buy one, whatever it takes, just because I thought it'd be cool. But yes, as a pedal platform, I don't think you'd have any problems. Okay. Okay. Invincible says, hey, Philip, would you rather get a nice USA made guitar or a Frasier Gilmore custom made guitar for the same money? And by the way, have you heard of Dark Moon pickups? They sound nice. Okay, so on the easy part, Dark Moon, yes. Uh, Dark Moon sent me a set of pickups, and I installed them into the Epiphone Les Par on the Sharpen My Axe. I'll put a link right now when you guys see the index later. So Invincible, you can check that out. Uh, those pickups were very good. Uh, very cool to see small builders like him doing really good quality, and the prices were not inexpensive, but not expensive for a boutique uh, kind of artisan kind of thing. And then on the second part of the question, I don't know. Uh, I'd rather have a nice USA guitar or a Frasier Gilmore Custom. I'm not familiar with the, that brand, but the answer is I'd rather have a nice USA-made guitar. There is no doubt that I have majority of my guitars are made in the USA. I like USA-made guitars, but I like inexpensive USA guitars. Now, when I say inexpensive, I mean they're, of course, they're ex more expensive than Chinese import, Korean import guitars, but in the American spectrum, I buy at the lowest point. I tend to do that. I'm happy with that. Strats, lower price uh, Gibsons, uh, even my PRS Miras. I like my Mira, my S2. I like the CE. I prefer guitars made in the USA. I think if you can buy a guitar in the USA for $1,000 or $1,500, I think that's very reasonable uh, given that those you know factories have quality and stuff. But I don't have a hang up for USA made guitars. So, you know, um, I'm American, so I want to buy American. I'm sure if you're German, you want to buy German. If you're Japanese, you want to buy Japanese. I know I hear all the time that they buy from other countries too, like we do. Um, but you understand what I'm saying. But back to that point, uh, if a guitar is good, it's good. That's what I've kind of experienced. But I prefer to buy American guitars if I can. Dennis says, what cab do you go with the MT-15? That's why I want to review it. I was playing it through a 412 in Doug's office. Uh, and the 412 was a 412 that I've played many times with vintage thirties. So I'm very familiar with the sound point, but what I don't know is does it have all that bass? Does it sound like that through a 112? I don't know. 
And my understanding, so you guys know, if you guys are waiting for uh, Tremonti Amps, uh, I've heard the rumors there at the PRS event was cabinets in August. The amps are apparently first batch. Are, there's a batch arriving this week. This week that just passed. That was the rumor. Checking them, and we should be seeing them in dealers in about a week or two. Was soon, very soon. Uh, that was the rumor, but who knows? Brian Stewart. Hey, Brian, what's up? He says, uh, I want to put a drop D. Wait, I want to put drop D strings on my PRS SE with EMGs. Low E groove in the nut is too narrow. Okay. Best way to widen it uh, for an amateur luthier. Uh, the best way to widen it would obviously buy the right file, right? So if you're going to do drop D, uh, if you're doing drop D, I'm sure you're going to use something like a 52 gauge string, something like that. You're going to need to get that file. Now, if you don't have that file and you don't have the money, you can do a trick, which is you can get the gauge. There's two ways to do it. Depends on what you want to do. Um, you want to use a light piece of sandpaper. I would go as high grain as possible. Uh, maybe I'm trying to think what I use. 320 works okay. I will actually go like go higher than that, but at least 320 and then wrap it around one gauge lower. So if it's a 52, you could use like a 46 and see how that works. Um, I try that first. I ultimately have no problem using the actual string. So if I use a 52 string with the the, the sheet of paper wrapped around, but it also has to do to deal with the paper. So the sandpaper I use has, it's really thin and it has double stick tape on it and it works really great, but you can use that trick. I have a video out there of that too, as well. Okay. You guys got a lot of questions. Ah, Callum Smith says PB Windsor thoughts. Good sounding amp. Sounds like a Marshall was definitely a, a sleeper amp at the time and uh people used it all the time it sounds great you buy them for nothing now if you want a pv windsor i say buy it i can't imagine it's not worth what you can find them for i see them everywhere for nothing so they're fantastic amps um they're not made in the usa like the older pv amps but they sound good and for the price I have no idea how cheap they are, but man, the last couple times, every time I think I think they're cheap, when I see them, they're less than what I thought. Okay. Yeah, see David uh, saying, I use the string to file out the nut slot. I do the same thing. It works great. Um, Beak. BKN Wheels Willis says, Hey, Phil, ever been to Sweetwater Gear Fest? I have not. I have not gone. I want to go, but again, th this was a problem with Gear Fest. I actually was thinking about Gear Fest. And then what happened was the PRS event came. And when Gene offered to cover two nights day, I was like, ah, I can say no to that. Again, that, it, you know, the, the Gear Fest, again, this is very expensive for me. You know, flying across the country, I rent a car, you know, hotel. Uh, you know, by the time you're done, it's a grand, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, if you guys didn't watch, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, the PRS event, you go there for a grand, you come back. The, the two videos, I have four videos to put out. The two videos I put out, they did less views than just the video I did sitting in my room last week. So uh, it's not even that it's not even that you can make the money back. You just operated a huge loss, but it, you go for the experience. I learned a lot from Doug Sewell. There's a lot of videos coming about that. So there's a lot of reasons to go. Like I said, there's more than monetary reasons to go to GearFest. Uh, if I, but 
the thing, same thing with GearFest. I wish GearFest had some accommodations for YouTubers. And when I mean accommodations, don't get confused. I don't mean money or anything like that. Just, I wish they would do early releases to us and stuff. So, because here's another thing happens at these events too. I'm there and I'm tired because I've been flying, I'm traveling like everybody else and I'm working. So I'm there and you're just fighting the crowds to get a camera shot because everybody's trying to get a camera shot. So it gets a little, a little, little much. You come back just wiped out. When I came back from PRS on Monday, I flew in, I got in that night. I had to finish working, you know, doing some work. And then Tuesday went right to work. And then I passed out at five o'clock on Tuesday. I just was exhausted. Okay. Uh, next question. Hold on a second. There's just something I want to do real quick since we're doing okay on time. Live Music CT just did a super chat. I just want to thank you for that. They just, thank you. Uh, Sean says, opinion on the Pure SE 8515S pickups. I like them. I think the 8515SE pickups are great. Um, I've never AB'd them against the 8515s that are in my CE, so I don't know. And I've never, never AB'd those against the 8515s that are in the core guitars. So what I don't know is if they're dramatically different. My guess is they're probably voiced all similar if they're not exactly the same, but probably voiced similar. And I like that pickup. Maybe that would be a cool video to see what's the differences of those pickups. Are there, is there really a difference? And that's maybe something I could get PRS to do. So um, uh, maybe that's something I reach out to PRS and say, hey, is there a way I can get all, my hands on all three versions of the 8515 to do a comparison? Would they, would they be willing to do that? So I will do that. I will ask whether they, whether they have it, have them is tough and whether or not they'll let me do it is another thing, but I'd be willing to do it probably for expense purposes. I probably would not do both pickups just because time and expense of it. So I'd probably pick like the bridge or the neck. And then I think it's fair to say if we did the SESC and then the core 8515 bridge or neck, then we could extrapolate, Hey, whatever the, the variants of those would be more likely in the variants of the other pickup. I don't know. Maybe we could do all of them. I don't know, but I would definitely do them in the same guitar. So it'd be a wiring. It would be a long gig, right? You'd wire it up, do all the footage. I'm willing to do it. <laughs> I have no problem spending seven hours doing something for a video. <laughs> I've done far crazier for far less. So I'm okay with that. Uh, BC Rich 581. Hey, BC Rich 581. I've seen you before on the TK side too, on his channel too. It's good to see you. Uh, so Phil thoughts on the BC Rich, uh, Mockingbird ST series. I like them. You know, I, I actually been thinking about getting one when I was doing the, uh, video with the TK on his channel. I was actually on reverb scanning that too, at the same time, multitasking. So yeah, the, I think they're good guitars. I've always wanted a Mockingbird. I had a Mockingbird bass. I've never had a Mockingbird guitar. There's something about that guitar that looks cool. Just feels cool. It's just, just, you know, the, uh, what are you going to say it? Uh, it's just hard to validate a guitar right now, but maybe I've been trying to, you know, trying to alleviate some guitars, guitar gear guy. What a great name. Uh, he just did a super chat too, man, guys. Thank you so much. That's awesome. I appreciate that. So, so much. Uh, are there any guitar centers outside the U S as far as I know? No, there is not. 
So something to mention about Guitar Center, though, when I was at the PRS event, uh, Steven, the artist rich guy from Guitar Center, came up to me out of nowhere and said hi, introduced himself and said, hey, he watches the, the live show every week. And uh, I thought that was great. And he talked about some things that we had talked about on this show, concerns. Um, and, um, and it was a great conversation. I want to tell you guys how impressed I was, considering that I have critiqued Guitar Center very hard in the past. Uh, so, so, so you guys know, uh, as you guys can imagine, you know, Guitar Center has been a great, uh, great sometimes and not so great sometimes. And I pretty much called it every time I, whatever happened, I called it the way I see it. So it was great to see them say, Hey, look, yeah, we understand you have some concerns or had some issues with us. We also saw that you liked this. And, uh, I thought it was great. I just want to let you guys know that I always think it's cool to kind of make sure that you give credit what credit's due. You know, it's not just always beat up on somebody when they when they do something cool. Give them a shot too. Uh, Brian says, "Hey Phil, thoughts on the Fender Mod Shop? Have you considered ordering one? Do you see any downside as far as resale value?" Uh, okay, so intriguing because you're a lefty. Okay, so because you're a lefty changes my whole opinion. So I'm going to give you my opinion, and then I got to give you the lefty opinion. The Fender Mod Shop is outrageously priced. It's just silly, stupid. Uh, that's just the, the only issue. Yes. So thoughts on the mod shop? Uh, like everybody, I went on the mod shop. I built out like four or five guitars. If you guys don't know what the Fender mod shop is, you can go to Fender's website and through basically they let you parts a caster or a guitar. They let you just pick from all the parts they already make. They won't do anything custom, but they'll let you take like this kind of series body with this series neck and these pickups, put it all together. Sounds amazing. It's basically semi-custom. It's like a semi-custom home. It's like you can't you can't build your own kitchen, but you can pick from three. You can't build your own you know uh, uh, bedrooms, but you can pick from four choices. So you pick from choices, put it together. Then you get the price tag, and it's like retail times whatever. It's crazy, um, and that's where I got the disconnect from that. Now I'm sure they could validate that whole pricing somehow. I'm not sure, but that doesn't matter what the validation is. It matters what I'm willing to pay. I'm not willing to pay that for a parts caster, I could go to Stratosphere and do exactly what I built out on their thing for a lot less. And unless it's important to you that it comes from Fender. Now, that being said, that's the only issue I have with it. The prices seem to be out of whack. Uh, so that's the downside. Yes. And I'm sure that's what is bringing up Brian's question. I'm sure he knows exactly what I'm saying. And he's asking me, what's the downside as far as resale? Well, you already answered your own question. Your, your intuition was right. You will not be able to sell the guitar for a fraction of what you pay for it because it's just not going to work that way. So those kind of purchases, you have to decide, you know, you have to go into it and make sure that you're making the right choice for you because the downside is if you're unhappy and you have to let it go, you're going to just lose a lot of money. But if you can keep that guitar, if you can be happy with it, then it has, it pays dividends because you can't buy something like that for that price to the, like to the custom shop. Now you being a lefty, that's, that's your, you know, you don't, you have limited choices anyway. So, uh, your only threshold. So lefty idea. I think it's a great idea. The guitars, obviously the parts are good. We know fenders cut cre credibility and quality. The only issue is the price it's validating the price. And that's an easy thing. Cause here's the thing. Like I said, it's validation. I could have easily said, I think it's to prices are totally reasonable. And the price is only my, it's my opinion. So my opinion is it's out of my comfort zone for what I want to pay for what I'm getting. But I don't think, you know, if it's you and you're a lefty, man, as a lefty, I might do it because you get so little options. I would rather do that as a lefty and have what I want. So there you go. So as a lefty, I kind of recommend it more.
Uh, James got a question. He says, I just purchased a product to improve my grip and strength, my fingers. Have you ever purchased a product to strengthen your hands? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, if any of you have ever had a hand injury, I have, unfortunately. Uh, if you've had ever had that happen or anything that stops you playing guitar for a while, when you come back to guitar, uh, the the biggest problem is not feeling like you can play like you, you already have. You know what I mean? It's, it's very very sobering effect on you. It doesn't feel good to go, wow. You know, trying to get back to where you were is always a tough thing, right? So yeah, I tried hand exercise and stuff like that. My argument for those is there's no substitute for playing your guitar. So please don't, I, everybody's gonna have an opinion. This is mine. It's my channel, my opinion. So there is no substitute for practice. So I don't care what the hand exerciser is, device, thing, whatever they promise in you, just play your guitar. However, those devices have a purpose. Sometimes you don't have access to your guitar. Sometimes you work in a cubicle. Sometimes you work in a job where there's a lot of downtime. And that's great. You know, you have downtime, but maybe not the kind of downtime to let you pull out a guitar and practice. Those exercises work great. Sometimes you're on vacation. You know, I've had this. I've done that. I've on, been on vacation and just, you know, you're not going to be around a guitar for a while and you don't want to lose anything, right? Because, you know, it doesn't take long for you to lose just a little bit of strength in your hands, especially as you get older. You know, I see it more and more with older guitar players. They talk about warm-up time takes longer. So, yeah. And sometimes those exercises are nice for exactly what I said, a warm-up. So there are purposes for those hand exercisers. I've had a lot of good uh, experiences with them. The only recommendation I have is if you're just doing that, in other words, here's the easy part. Don't ever use one of those things staring at your guitar, <laughs> right? Just pick up your guitar. It, it It's there and it will always be better. So, so there you go. But yes, curious which hand exerciser you used. I've had a lot of good, good results with a lot of them. Okay. Uh, this one is from DRB says, uh, I'm loving my know your gear t-shirt. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop right there just to say, cause I need to shout this out. Two things that happened at the PRS event that were amazing for me. That will, that were just epic. One, there was the best experience ever was walking Saturday up to the PRS event and having somebody at PRS say, Hey man, there was a ton of know your gear shirts everywhere. And it was a really it, like, I just couldn't hold back the smile of wow. Really? Like the support. It was crazy. There was more, uh, there was more PRS shirts there for sure. But other than that, there was definitely more know your gear shirts. Um, so I, I, it was like, it was great. You guys just came in droves and support brought the shirts. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I appreciate that. I think I was the only one that noticed it though. <laughs> no one else besides, but that's okay. You know what? It was just great to see. It, it made it exciting for me. So that's one. I just want to thank you for that. And and secondly, uh, of course, thank you guys for wearing those shirts. I, I know you guys, you know, you guys did that as conscious as support for me in the channel. And I do thank you for that. That is the whole core of of this. And I want to thank you guys so much because it was so great to see you take pictures, talk to you guys so much. There's so many of you guys I talked to, but, but more importantly, just to kind of feel that community vibe. That was great. It was definitely everything I had hoped it ever would be in the way that the, how the shirt kind of mentality would work out, which is, you know, wearing them at events and stuff. Um, and the, the reason that's great is it's, I noticed that you guys did something that I, I never thought would happen. And I want to thank a couple of you for mentioning this to me. A couple of you come up to me and told me that the best thing about the shirt was you immediately went up to somebody else with the shirt and you guys just started talking. 
And it was like a connection that way. So it wasn't that you just have love for PRS guitars that you're at the event. It was, it was just like, wow. Oh yeah. Hey, I like his channel too. Uh, Hey, what do you play? And it was almost like, and I'm just going to quote one of the, the, the people that had one, they said, it was almost like if you saw somebody wearing the shirt, you know, they're not a jerk. And I thought, wow, what a great, <laughs> it's, it feel like a compliment. I'm going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> so, it, so it was great. They said, I feel like I walk up to him and say, hi. So I want to thank you for that. So back to DRB it says, I'm loving to know your gear t-shirt. I'm a two X. That's me too, buddy. And it says it fits uh, great. Also, what is your favorite attenuator? Uh, I didn't see any review on your YouTube videos. Yeah. Okay. So I am doing the attenuator, vid uh, attenuator video right now. My favorite attenuator is my rock crusher. I will point out in the video as well. I bought it used on guitar center online for 375. So which is a much dramatic difference than paying the five or $600 new. A lot of people love the fry -It. A lot of people, I had the Marshall, uh, power break, but there's something about the rock crusher. I love, I'll explain why in the video, but I am currently it's out of right here i currently have the cheap one of the cheapest ones on the market too i want to compare the two so that's what i'm going to do drb i'm going to do a comparison of my favorite one versus the cheapest one i could get my hands on to see what is the validation why do i do that um so the main reason and i will explain this i don't want to ruin the review because then i'm doing <laughs> why watch the review the main thing i want to tell you is this i'm really picky about attenuators not in the way they sound a lot of people care about the sounds i do too but what I care about is when I plug my amp that I've worked really hard to buy, uh, like that you know, PRS amp, that wasn't cheap, into an attenuator, I want to trust everything that's going on. And so that's why I buy a quality Re Rivera attenuator. I trust it uh, because that's what I, you know, I don't want my amp to burn up because something in the attenuator burned up or something. So that's the main reason. But we'll do that. We'll do, I'll do the comparison. Make I'll make that a priority for next week. Um. I have a lot of that stuff done. I'll make it a priority. Okay, hold on. I got some super chats, but I want to hit some more questions. So let me get, like I said, I pinned those for a second. Uh, David Kornblatt says, is it wrong for me to hate, dislike Guitar Center? No, no, it's not wrong for you to dislike anything. I was, As long as your, dis, your, dis, your dislikement for them, is that a word? <laughs> dislikement. Put it on Wikipedia, somebody, so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> We'll look it up later, but see, it's right there on Wikipedia. Anyways, uh, no, as long as it's valid, I mean, right? Uh, you know, people hate things all the time. It, I it, I would hope that you're you're not liking Guitar Center is because of, I mean, I don't want to say because of this, but because it's personal issues. Like you've had bad experiences there. Is it okay to like a store that you had bad experiences? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, is it okay to like them just because? No. But is it okay to like them because they're a big corporation and you don't like supporting big corporations? There's people like that. That's for sure. Obviously, owning a mom and pop business for over a decade, I can tell you that there's some loyalty to mom and, pop, mom and pops. I, I would be it would be misplaced. As much as there are people who go to big boxes for a deal, there's there's a lot of people who go to mom and pops, pay a little more just because they want to support that at re, uh, that endeavor. And so, a lot of times, those people kept kept stores like mine alive. Uh, and they would flat out tell you, Hey, I just don't support, you know, like, Hey, I go to the local coffee shop. I don't go to Starbucks. There's some mentalities for everybody. My issue with guitar center in the past has been, I've had some good experiences, had some bad experiences. And, uh, sometimes, you know, I don't like the bad experiences, but what I've learned is this with this, with a business. One of the things I don't like, I'm going on a tirade right now, but I'm going to do it. Cause it's a funny thing. Uh, and, and I always call this the name badge logic. One of my, my issues with companies is when people try to tell me they work there. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'll be like, hey, I'm having a problem with the company. They go, hey, I, you know, that wasn't with me. That is work here. And I would say a company is not a building. A company is people, right? There's no one goes like if you ever had a bad experience, let's pick on Guitar Center for a second. If you had a bad experience, Guitar Center, do you go and start, start screaming at the, the sign on the street? Dang you, Guitar Center, right? You don't yell at the sign, right? The, the building, you're not mad at the building, right? Um, you're mad at people. Uh, when Even when people say, well, I didn't write the policy. I'm like, well, somebody here wrote the policy and you didn't speak up. So if you, if, and it, so either you agree with the policy and therefore you're part of the problem too, or you disagree with the policy, but you're not saying anything. Now I understand you can't change it, but at least you can you know, help me. So in other words, my point is sometimes when I say I don't like a business, I'm really talking about those people. You could hit a guitar center. I've seen it all the time. Guitar center, just because we're on the kick of guitar center. You could go to a guitar center. I've had this problem and it's amazing. And the people are great and everything's great. And then you go five months later and they've turned half the people over and the new people, the vibe's not there. So it's funny, like, and now I don't like that guitar center, but is it not that guitar center or those people? So businesses are people and sometimes you don't like people. So sometimes you gotta give it a try. So that's, that's how it works. And so I will tell you this, some of the best deals I found online have been on guitar center and that you can't, can't kick back. That gets tough. And so, uh, you know, but like anybody else, I try not to patron big business. I'm not going to lie. I pull away from Walmarts and Amazon, Starbucks and guitar centers as much as I can, as much, you know, as often as I can. I don't know. Just maybe that's a, maybe that's just a mentality. I just want to help the smaller business, but I try to also treat business fair too. all businesses. All right. That was a, we got a little off the tangent there, but that's okay. We'll go a few minutes over to compensate for the no guitar talking there. Uh, Jonathan Brown said thoughts on the uh, Charvel Desolation guitars. As long as they're still a great price, they are fantastic guitars. Those guitars, man, if you, they're great. Made in China though, but mahogany necks, mahogany bodies, a lot of them neck through, some of them set necks. Uh, EMGs or Seymour Duncan uh, blackouts in most of them. Some have Seymour Duncan pickups. Quality pickups. Uh, locking keys are generic, but they're still locking keys. Great quality guitars. Cool colors. The, um, I used to have one, got rid of it. For me, the neck was too small, really small. If you guys like small necks, they're small. Small being like you put your hand around it. You know what I mean? It's going to feel like a fast, small neck. So uh, that was my only issue. I don't like big necks or small necks. I like them right in the, you know, what's the Goldilocks thing? I like the neck, neck right in the middle. So uh, Brian says, hey, Phil, what's up? The rolling cube love. Uh, the show and the dedication. Uh, oh, love the show and dedication. Ah, uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, the rolling cube love. Uh, it's because Lawrence and I had lunch today, and uh, I pulled out my cubes to show him. I have a bunch of cubes, a bunch of them. So I was just showing them. Um, okay, so Keith, um, Keith Badgley. So Bagley, Bagley, whatever. I'm sorry, Keith, man. I think it's a big super chat too. Uh, but I got Keith right. So we'll give me a point for that. Uh, Keith says, what is your trick for soldering grounds to the back of pots without making a big blob of solder? Pots are big heat sinks. Yeah. P.S. I, ha I have a beer. Thank you. And that's an expensive beer. But Keith, first thing I will tell you with uh, potentiometers and soldering to the back. And it, it's, some of you guys are solder freaks too. You know, like I, I, my favorite saying ever on the internet is I'm smart, but I'm not smarter than everyone and everybody's watching. So, <laughs> so, uh, if you guys got suggestions, put them in the notes as well. Uh, my thing is sandpaper. I like to score them up. A lot of times they're too smooth on top or they've even been coated with stuff. Sometimes the potentiometers are coated in stuff. So it's like a microfilm of, of, 
it's not oil. Somebody may know what it is. Uh, I never thought over the years to ever ask. And it, it may just be a perceptional thing too. Maybe nothing's on it. But anyways, I find a little sandpaper. Sometimes if I don't have sandpaper, I'll take the end of a file that's real sharp and I just score and scratch it up. Just get something to solder to, to, to get to it. Um, and that's, and that's one good way to do it as well. So uh, yes, cause you will burn those, those potentiometers up if you let them get overheated. So that's one little thing that I like to do that helps a lot. Start with that. That works and uh, great. If not ask, and we'll, we'll go to the next thing. Ray T says 42 year old. Hey, what's up? Says brand new to guitar and about to buy my first guitar Squire affinity, or should I spend the money on something better like a Mexican made strat or PRSSE? Okay. This is a great question and it's, it's actually very easy to answer. And here's why. So the, the thing is, is that no matter what anybody thinks, you'll never be able to buy your first guitar, right? Uh, this is a, I think a big misnomer out there. People always say like, I had people come in and they go, hey, I'm just going to buy an American strat. Cause that's where I'm going to end up. And I go, well, what if you don't end up there? What if you find out that you're not a strat person? Sometimes it takes people a while. Musicians, you know, when you can't play, as you learn to play, you start figuring out who you are as an artist real quickly. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's that moment where you're like, oh, this is not even what I'm supposed to have. So to me, getting your first guitar to be the right guitar is really tricky. The only time I see that happen is when you're young. Because when you're young, you can get the wrong guitar. And just because using it all the time, as you grow up, your, your mind just starts connecting that to the origins and you just kind of say, okay, this is my sound. But so to answer your question, I think the affinity is a good way to go. Me personally, I would upgrade to the Mexican made Strat, uh, but here is where I'm going to uh, suggest to me, if I was going to recommend a 42 year old person to buy their first guitar, I know the SE is great. Uh, I like that too. The trick is I got to know what you like. If you like stratty sounding music like blues and light rock and stuff go with that strat if you like a little bit more heavy rock something with the warmer sounds maybe the pure ssc but definitely take advantage of the best thing in this industry that we have to offer which is used gear buying a made in mexico used strat is always a safe bet and here's why because if you buy your first guitar as a mexican made strat used it is very unlikely that you will not be able to get out of it for what you paid for it so if you can get into a Mexican made strat for whatever the going rate is, I don't know if it's three, 350 bucks, whatever it is now, I could be wrong. Could be four, could be two. I haven't looked in a while, but whatever the going rate for a Mexican strat is used, it'd be, I'd be very hard pressed for you not to be able to sell it to somebody on Craigslist and get out of it. No one has trouble selling a Mexican made strat. No one. Now that being said, you're new. So I wouldn't trust that to go and buy that off a of Craigslist and be safe unless you can find somebody you really get a good vibe from. So don't be afraid to go to those music stores and or you know, uh, online entities uh, that have a little bit of accountability assessed to them and just buy the guitar that suits your needs and a Mexican Strat's way to go. I like pure SSE, by the way, there's a ton, there's no end of choices I can suggest to you, but since you said Affinity are a Mexican made Strat. Now, the reason I say that is because at this point, I would say give yourself the best advantages you can. And I, I, although I have good luck with affinities and I like them, it's, I th feel safer. My, one of my favorite guitars in my entire collection. So this is Ray. I just want to leave you with this piece. All these guitars you see behind me, one of my favorite guitars is my Mexican made Stratus. Downstairs, I play it all the time. You cannot go wrong. It is 100% stock. Nothing on the guitar has been modded. In fact, I may, no, 
I've had it for two or three years and it's not on the original strings. It's on the second set of strings. So obviously that's a, that's a big thing to say because with all these beautiful guitars around me, if I could still pick up a Mexican made strat and play it, that's great. It's just a black Mexican straight. You've probably seen it in the background of some of the videos, but definitely a great guitar. Okay. What else do we, okay. What? Um, next, I don't know. There's a couple questions. I'm just having trouble understanding. So John said he just ordered a Kiesel CS two six twenty four. Let me know how that goes. All right. Man, you guys are talking back and forth. So what I'm going to do is let me hop over and refresh over here and grab a couple more of these questions. Um, Jared Briggs said, no question, but thank you for what you do with the channel. Thank you, Jared. Man, appreciate that very much. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy says, hey, Phil, thanks to you. I'm a new player. That's awesome. You know what? That's dude, when you hear stuff like that, that I don't need to explain to you how amazing that feels. I love it when people tell me like, I, you know, they, I ripped open my guitar instead of working on it. Or I started playing guitar because of something I did on the channel. Uh, that is, that is epic uh, because one, it's a great thing to hear, but it's something I never imagined to hear. I didn't, I didn't even, when I started the channel, I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I started posting stuff like everybody else, you know? And, uh, it, so it's great to hear that. Uh, he got, and he says, okay. And I got my t-shirt, uh, got my beginner squire, uh, and got my sore fingers. Then, you know what? The best part of that sentence is the sore fingers. Um, because, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Jimmy, I'm going to tell you a secret and, uh, and people don't like to talk about this, but I want to tell you it when people talk about, uh, playing guitar and they go, yeah, you got to get calluses. You got to get calluses. Then it's fine. What I've learned is it's never fine. You're, if you're doing it right, your hands always hurt a little bit. Guys, I talk to guys who are literally touring the planet earth and they'll tell you towards the end of the night, it gets a little sore, <laughs> right? And you got to kind of love the soreness a little bit. You know what I mean? Just a little bit. Uh, you know, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't go too crazy. But so sore fingers are great and learn to enjoy those sore fingers a little bit. It means you're doing it right. Is So there you go. Plus it lightens up a little bit because uh, a little fun, little fun thing since you're a new player. One of my favorite things about new players is they're so tense. They squeeze so hard. Um, I think it's funny as you play longer because your fingers do get sore from pressing, you learn to press as little as you possibly can. So to keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, Mitch has got a great question. It's to me, but it's a great question. It says, what's your favorite guitar straight into an amp combination? Sometimes to me, it's refreshing to bypass the pedals and go pure ga uh, guitar amp and awesomeness. Well, Mitch, uh, this is something that when people ask, I don't think anyone's ever going to believe me, but I'll tell you. Um, but I will tell you this. Anyone who's known me and hung out with me will back me up. So if you meet anybody uh, with no exception, I don't actually use pedals. So... Uh, I've said this many times. If you see currently, oh yeah, there's one on the floor. So usually I use a pedal <laughs> at a time. Um, I use an amp. I'm usually a guitar and an amp kind of guy. Pedals are uh, about choices, having choices, collecting, having fun. This is just something to do. Uh, I enjoy this uh, immensely. Me getting a pedal and checking it out is hours of fun for me. Um, but 
I'm not like a 20 pedal kind of guy. I'm more of like a try one pedal or do something. So, um, so actually that's a long way to say my guitar into amp combination is my favorite. My favorite amp combination, guitar amp combination is probably a strat. Definitely for some reason, for some reason, me, a humbucker strat into my Princeton. That would be one of my favorite amp combinations ever. I could play for hours like that and need no pedals whatsoever. So there you go. And what's funny is, as a side note, if I was going to say there's one pedal I use all the time, the pedal in the room or in the you know, other room, the pedal that gets used the most in my house is my looper pedal. So, and that's something to point out on this rolling amp. That's why it's out. I was showing uh, Lawrence that it has a looper built into it. I like loopers. I like to loop a, a chord phrase and work on some stuff, work on ideas. So there you go. But yeah, so sadly and boringly enough, uh, my favorite amp to guitar combination is a Fender amp into a Fender guitar. Fender guitar into a Fender amp. Sounds so boring to say it like that, but there's a reason why everybody else does it too. Um, Bubba says, are you still liking your St. Vincent since you have had some time to live with it for a while? Contemplate getting one. I have a Luke and a Silhouette. So I sold my St. Vincent guitar. And I sold it to a friend of mine who's uh, uh, also a patron of the site and stuff. And he's a really cool guy. And he bought it. And uh, he loves it. Uh, so, you know, and I did love it as well. And I will tell you this. I What I did was because of YouTube, and I think this is a good time to always bring this up. Because of YouTube, I have more gear than I probably, uh, well, no, not probably. I have more gear than I normally would have because of YouTube. Not only because companies are letting me borrow stuff. There's stuff here that's just it's here on loan, but then companies leave stuff with you. Plus you tend to buy stuff for YouTube. Like I bought that in $99 attenuator a couple weeks ago, just to review it, you buy stuff. Um, so because of that, it starts coming up. My, I, I've learned this. My wife and I have been married for 20 years. She's an amazing woman and she does not care what I do. In fact, um, I, she's never said anything until about a month or two ago. Out of nowhere, she seemed really upset about them being everywhere. I had guitars everywhere and I had so many guitars. Like right now in the hallway, there's three guitars and boxes for reviews in the next week. They're just here for a little while. So they got to stay in the boxes. So long story short, I sold off about six guitars just to thin down a little bit. And I put up like 10 or I thought 10, maybe 15 guitars up for sale, 10 guitars up for sale. I was like 10. And the first ones that sold is what I sold in the St. Vincent was the one. So, so and then that's so it's gone but i still like it it's one of my favorite guitars it's it's not gone for any other reason than something had to go and that was the one that got picked so okay so michael's got a question it says new to your channel and a big fan thank you so much i appreciate that michael sorry if this has been asked but it's always confused me what is the difference between a coil tap and a coil split thanks yeah this is a question that confuses everybody there's a technical way but i want to give you this way that i like explaining it first of all the most important thing is just keep in mind that most everything is going to be a coil split um, and that's where basically you're going to defeat turn off one of the coils now last time i talked about this there were some people that were saying there were some different ways that they had understood it and so i've confirmed this again with some pedal makers uh friends of mine it is a coil split is when you have a humbucker and you're splitting in other words a coil you're going between the two so you're you're turning one off and you're going to have a single coil okay and a coil tap now this is where it gets tricky is where they wind the pickup and then somewhere in the wind 
they have a way to tap into it and cut reduce the power. Now, again, somebody said that the coil tap explanation I had is a little off. And that might be true, but keep in mind, it's because I've come across very few coil taps. In fact, I see very few options. What I'm curious about now, since Michael brought up the question is, if any of you have an, an example that you could put in the permanent uh, uh, comments of a coil split that you personally have or seen that you're familiar with for sure, not a theory, not somebody other YouTuber saying stuff, show me, because here's the problem I have. Um, I can't even remember the last time I saw a real coil split or so coil tap versus a coil split. So coil split is the way it's, it's working out for me. So, so coil tap, uh, coil split, just say it twice fast. Coil split means it's going to single coil. That's the important part. So, all right. I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting everybody. Let's take a, Oh, uh, Jack, Jacqueline R says how to improve tuning stability on a Gibson Les Paul. Gibson tuning, uh, you know, it, everything about tuning uh, uh, stability is going to be, for most guitars, is going to be the nut. Because the, stu the stability has to do with the fact that uh, when you're tuning up, if the string binds in the nut in any way, it will have trouble staying in tune. Because once you put tension or pressure on that, more so let's just say pressure, once you play pressure, pushing chords, bending notes, you're going to pull the note, uh, the string flat because it was stuck in the nut. So with Gibson, definitely want to make sure that you have the correct nut cut correctly and it's lubricated. If and where, So what I always tell everybody is first start with just lubricating the nut with either graphite, a pencil lead, which is graphite. Uh, Lubricate is a, by Diodario. Diodario. Sorry, everybody, if I don't say it right. Diodario. <laughs> uh, that's a good stuff too. Big Ben's Nut Sauce. Hey, insert joke here. Uh, whatever. The, all that stuff works, but definitely lubricating uh, that is going to help a lot. And, uh, and the reason I say that is doing that will let you know if that's going to solve the problem. But the only reason I tell you everybody that is because a lot of people put a lot of time and money into new tuning keys and all kinds of other things. And what I will tell you is the nut is uh, very, very uh, problematic for a lot of guitars. Um, Cheddar Kung Pao said, everybody check out Terry, because he's talking about Terry Bear. Terry Bear's, it, by the way, Terry Bear is the um, mediator on this page and also the Tone King and maybe another channel too, I'm not sure. So, uh, by the way, Terry Bear, I want to say thank you. I've been really crazy, jet lagged, busy. I saw your video where you got the, t the Know Your Tone shirt and you did a thank you to me and Tone King for sending that shirt to you. Uh, I didn't get to respond to that video. I think I thumbs up it, but that doesn't tell you I did. Um, so I just want to thank you for that, Terry. Uh, yeah, but he, uh, Cheddar said, hey, pointing out that Terry's uh, GG and Jig channel, uh, he works hard. Uh, he works hard. Modding for Phil and everybody else. I think he means moderating, right? Moderating, yes. So check out his channel. So he's ta we're talking about Terry Bear's channel. Again, a lot of these smaller channels, what's great about them is th that's the sense of the community, right? The smaller channels. A lot of people go to the smaller channels expecting like more production value, more wham, more pow. But you can understand these are just people who love what we love and they're trying to get a voice in it too. And it's worth checking out, especially if you're just trying to see what other people are doing and thinking. I love seeing how other people take what I love and show how they love it too. It's a fun way to kind of see and not feel so isolated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes my, one of the things, if you guys, hopefully you guys can relate to this, otherwise I'll just sound crazy again. Uh, one of the things that stinks for me is I'm so into guitar and not so much into anything else that when I hang out with a lot of people, they're so into other things that are not guitar, I feel isolated. Like I don't have a conversation to start. So I'm always talking about stuff I don't care about with them. 
Like I'm always either politics or sports and I could care less about two, either two things. I'm sure some of you guys like all three guitar, politics, sports, or variations of that. But for me, seeing you guys and talking to you guys is, is great because this is what I love talking about and we get to talk about it. So, and then Steve Long says, thanks for the show. I have a Helix looking for a FRFR. Would you think it would be better with a power cab or uh, going to uh, with a head rush? Uh, FRFR. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the powered cabinet thing for the Helix. Um, I've heard good things about the new powered cabinet that line six has put out. I just don't know. This is where this is out of my wheelhouse is the problem is the modeling stuff. I love the modeling stuff. Listening to it sounds great. I just don't purchase it because I have all this stuff. That's what happens. I think this is, this is a mess you can get into. If you get a bunch of amps, you see these two stories. You see people going to the Helix Kemper or the uh, Axe FX and saying, okay, I went that route. I'm not doing a lot of amps. And you're like, okay, that's a smart move. And then a lot of people sell all the amps and go to that stuff. And I think that's a smart move. Um, to me, I'm not ready to sell my amps off to go to the Helix, uh, Axe FX or Kemper. And I don't foresee in, in my future that if I bought one of those things, I would keep all these amps. If you have something that does a lot of this stuff, so there you go. But uh, as the power cab uh, goes, uh, it's pretty good. I think the issue for me is reasonably priced. You know, the Helix is the benefit to me. Here's a here's a just tidbit for me. If you if you like the Helix, the Axe FX, and the Kemper, one of the things I love about those things is that they're designed to be what they are in any situation. So to I actually like the idea instead of a powered 112 cabinet, buy a Hot Rod Deluxe by Fender. It's a clean, transparent sound. You can run right through into the power amp in and bypass all the controls, get access to tube power, 40 watts of tube power. If you need more power that, you can go with the Hot Rod DeVille. That's 60 watts of tube power through 212s. And, uh, and what's great is now you have an amp that you can use if your Helix takes a crap. Something to think about. Now, I saw where some of those powered cabs have the ability to be kind of like an amplifier too, but you, know, you can buy a Hot Rod Deluxe for uh, easy money, short money, all day long, four or five hundred bucks used, and I, I've seen people get them as low as three, but definitely four or five hundred bucks used, new, you know, five six hundred dollars with an amazing Fender warranty, and so that's something to think about. Just something to think about. So, and then Daniel says, "Hey Phil, I have a '94 Epiphone Strat copy on the way." Wow, we were talking about those. Is it okay? It says Maple Neck twenty two frets, looking to swap out uh, inner inners and plastic so that it looks and sounds classy so uh, yeah he basically i think you mean you're gonna swap out the guts and the plastic and and all the parts um so uh yeah that's cool they uh, we talked about those old yeah 94 it was like early 90s uh epiphone had a strat style guitar with the hockey stick neck or their version of it it's like that long neck um and somebody was showing me one on the patron hangout that they had one and all the guts were pretty not amazing <laughs> so yeah, if your instinct is to swap all the stuff out. In fact, I even said uh, to them in the hangout, I said, well, maybe this stuff is pretty good. You never know. Back then they might've put good stuff in it. So he opened up and showed me and it was not good stuff. So I think you're on the right track of, of swapping all that stuff out. And then we're at the one hour uh, mark. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to make a quick announcement and then we'll go a little long because uh, it's been a while. We skipped last week. Uh, something to point out because I never do it and I feel horrible because, which is this month, I'm going to show you real quick. Right now, we have the shirt of the month. Uh, this is important to point out because my wife does these shirts and I feel horrible that she tells me every week. She goes, hey, did you let everybody know I did that? And I 
Never let anybody know I did, I, I did that. I feel horrible. She puts a lot of work in this. Uh, you guys, so you guys, I, I don't know if you know this. We switched. We were doing a shirt every month and I was announcing it. Now it's basically by your suggestions. So many of you guys reached out and told uh, her that you wanted this style of guitar, which is like the Music Man style, music Majesty style guitar, that that's what she went with. So just something to let you guys know. It's only for that month and then we go on to the new. It's a way, obviously, to build revenue for the, uh, for the that's how we pay the bills here. You know what I mean? I don't have any deals with companies. I don't have any sponsorships with them or any deals. So that's how I, I do this. Um, so just something to shout out, but also to out of just a respect to say, Hey, she put a lot of work in this and, uh, we should do that. Uh, and then Jason Wade says, happy father's day. It is happy father's day. Uh, so thank you. I'm like, I, I, it's been a busy week. I forgot all about it. Uh, this is uh, I got a split, uh, grill a steak on me. You know what? That's the greatest suggestion. I haven't thought about what we're going to do, but steaks would be the best. Thanks for all the time and effort. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Uh, as many have said already, uh, you're inspiring many to further the passion. Thank you. Like I said, thank you for helping be part of the community, man. I appreciate that, Jason. That was awesome. Um, and uh, so let's take another quick question. Thank you again, Jason, too. Like I said, that was above and beyond. Um, uh, Brian, uh, Brian, I'm going to answer your question just because I, I saw you post, I saw your email to me. Uh, it says, Brian says, Phil thoughts on the TC, uh, electronics mimic pedal, Brian, I would, I would not get that pedal. It is such a bad, I'm just kidding. So you guys know he already bought it and he loves it. So, <laughs> so I wanted to bust his chops. Um, you know, what's funny about that is, uh, interesting conversation I had with Brian Wampler at the summer NAM last year was he was mentioning how great of the pedal that was. And he said he actually had a prototype pedal of something like that. And he said, TC beat him to the punch. They made one before, you know, they kind of thought of it too and made it before him. And now he felt weird putting his out, knowing that there's out there. And um, I, I went, wow, that's a testimonial that it must be good. You know what I mean? He was saying that theirs is really good. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. I've tried one. A friend of mine let me borrow his. I got to play it, but it was a really kind of quick try and, and thing. And I played it and I saw what you said, how you're raving about thickening the sound. If you guys don't know what Brian's talking about, the uh, TC Mimic pedal is a pedal that is, uh, help me out here, guys. I think it plays exactly what you played, but slowly either what, a second a ha a, like a, a, a second later or it detunes it somehow. But either ways, it makes it sound like another guitar player is playing with you slightly off. Again, I should have to look, look that up. Obviously, I've never played one in detail. Um, uh, I hear nothing but good things. I played it that one day and I remember thinking, hey, that sounded pretty good. But uh, with no physical having it here and spend some quiet time with it, I've never tried it. Maybe I could reach out to TC and check that out. Maybe TC would let me... Let me check one of those out. That'd be cool. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, I mean, legitimately, if that's something you guys think is something you'd want to check out and you think a, a video would be cool on that, I'm willing to do that. For, you know, that'd be cool to check it out and do that. Um, otherwise, like I said, I'll go off Brian. He says he loves it, guys. So if you're thinking about getting one, there's a testimonial. And uh, and Brian, you know, he, he, he really put it through his paces and likes it. Okay. Uh, Tony says, here's a good question. Tony says, what do you think about guitar fetish quick plug system on their pickups? So that's where, uh, kind of like how EMG does, they have a system where you don't have to solder. And I love that idea. Somebody was saying on one of the videos the other day, I thought it was great. I responded to them. They said, how come this industry doesn't adopt that? Like they do in the RC industry, like RC planes and cars where it's all quick connect. 
And I said, the biggest problem is, is that the RC industry has, they build the cars, planes, boats, whatever the model is to accommodate that wiring system where these Qatar manufacturers don't. So in my experience, the quick system is awesome until you figure out that it doesn't fit down a hole in your guitar and then you have to cut it off, run it through and solder back on. That isn't the best situation ever, but it, it happens. Other, other than that, I don't see a real huge downside to Quick Connect systems. And the, obviously, if you're not familiar with Guitar Fetish, they're on the inexpensive side of electronics. Uh, I'm a big proponent for pickups are really overpriced. Uh, and when I mean overpriced, I don't mean like, don't get me down a road again where it's like I'm saying they're not worth what they're, you know, whatever. People's time is worth what they're worth. What I'm saying is that you can get great pickups dirt cheap. That is a fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. In a world where you can buy a guitar for the price of a pickup, you know what I mean? And I, and I buy expensive pickups, but having all the pickups I have, what I've learned is, is that sometimes like companies like Guitar Fetish can get their hands on some really beautiful gems. In other words, you can find some great pickups for 30 bucks. That'll just blow your mind. Great. Uh, because it's such an easy formula, right? Once you, you wind the pickup correctly, you have the right components, you can make a great pickup. So there are some things to say about boutique pedals or pack pickups. There's some things you can say about boot, uh, inexpensive pickups, but, uh, so something to think about, but guitar fetish, I've had some good results with. Okay. Uh, Terry says the big difference between the quick connect and others is that the guitar fetish quick connect is, is it? is it involves a headphone like jack oh okay for some connections in the system so is that good or bad let me know let me know terry let me know if you're saying that's a good thing or a bad thing i don't need a detail i just need to know overall it's that's a hindrance or a benefit to the system and where's he at he's not posting anything <laughs> We'll give him a second. Uh, Johnny Bean. Hey, Johnny Bean. What's up, buddy? Um, I'm almost, I should be good. So if you want to uh, text me, by the way, text me for next week. We'll do something. It says, have I bought many guitar fetish pickups over the years? Mostly their P90s, humbuckers. And uh, yeah, good good results. I, I, I've i installed tons of uh, guitar fetish pickups in the guitars for customers and very rarely have they been unhappy. Uh, guitar fetish fat. Pat boutiques are great. I'll need go fives. Okay. Good. Uh, Brian says MT, which is the Mark Tremonti cabs, two twelves or what? Haven't tried either one. Haven't didn't even see any at the, at the factory. So, Oh, and Terry's let me know. He has no clue on the connection system. Uh, so he's going to look at it this year. You know, maybe that, maybe that'd be worth checking out. I'm, I've been worth checking out that too. Okay, let's do two more things before we go. I just want to double, double check to make sure I'm not leaving anybody in the dust. You know, no, uh, thank you guys for being patient. Sometimes when you're reading and talking and monitoring and you miss stuff. Okay. So it says, Bubba says, Phil, I fixed the issue with my muddy pickups in my custom fender. I upgraded the pots and put the cap on the switch instead of, instead of on the pot. Oh, okay, good, good. Uh, all right. So that was a good update. All right. That being said, let's go back and let's do, there's 108, 108 
sort it. What am I talking about? There's 813 of us on here. Somebody says, consider the source. All right. I always consider the source. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian says, have you ever tried silly guitars? I have not tried silly guitars. You'd think I'd get my... I always thought one of the things about the YouTube thing that kind of confused me, I thought for sure I'd be playing a lot of weird guitars because I thought a lot of the weird smaller builders would definitely want to send you a guitar to check it out. And uh, no, this doesn't seem to be what happens. So I do reach out to small builders, though, as much as I can. Um, what I usually get, which is maybe... Is, it's a good sign for the market. So, you know, the, if I was going to pin it on the majority of small builders, what I get back is we'd love to send you a guitar to check out, um, but we just don't have any. We're, we're backlogged. So it's almost like they don't want more advertising because they're just too busy. And I get that so much from small builders. It's, it's, it's always shocking to me. So when I reach out and say, hey, I would really be willing to do a video. And they're like, you know, hey, we're, we don't have anything to send you. And it would be, you know, a year or two before we can even get to you. So I'm like, ah, oh, well, good, good. That's a good thing to hear. All right. What do we got? Last thing. Uh, Soda Pop 79 says, what's up, Phil? What's up, Soda Pop 79? That's a good name. That's what. Okay. David says, Phil, I just modded my first Strat, and it's my first experience with single coils through my rig did i get the worst pickup for it or do i need to adjust everything in my rig when i switch the guitar uh it depends like i mean if you're running lots of distortion single coils are not the best situation right but if it's the worst worst case scenario you'll just have to think of it this way all i care about with single coils in my personal opinion is the bridge the bridge gets a little noisy so if if it's not you know if you're having issues with your rig and there's noise make sure they're insulated make sure you insulate the cavities and make sure you put a mini humbucker or a humbucker in the bridge. That's where you're going to probably run the gain anyways. What I notice is I can run a single coil on the neck because I play clean. And if I solo, when you go to the solo and play, you usually don't stop, right? You go to the solo and then you switch back to bridge. You know, so you're not really sitting there, you know, muted with it humming. So. Okay. Um, Brian says we need more thumbs up. We have 214 thumbs up. I appreciate that. That's a lot of thumbs up. I know there's like 800 of us, but Hey, you know, that's okay. So, um, all right, let's do, let's do the, let's do the final question and we'll call it because we went over the hour. We did something. It was great hanging out with you guys. And the last question. Real quick, I just want to say Kanex, I'm sorry, I'm Kanex, Kanex99. Thank you. He just said he ordered a shirt and a mug. Uh, thank you so much. This is in Canada. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know. He's asking questions. Is it cheaper for the, I know, here's the deal. My wife, I know, so this question was, he's ordering the shirts. Is it cheaper for the using the European? There's a European side now. So when you buy, I know it sounds like a commercial, but so you guys know, I just want you guys to make it 
get this so you don't get taken advantage of on the shirts and the and the mugs and stuff i my wife put up a european side because people in europe were paying way too much in shipping so she figured out how to do so when you go on there pay attention to that please when you order there's one for the european side and one for the us so that you get cheaper shipping rates depending on where you are you're gonna have to go in there and play around with it obviously if you're in the europe it's easy and if you're in the us it's easy but everybody else you're gonna have to figure out which was side side and if uh, i'll ask her too so next week i can give a shout out on that too so and then Gamma Overlord said, next patron hangout. I will ma make that announcement tomorrow and because uh, we have a bunch of them coming up. I just had to get past the, you know, traveling thing. All right. And the last question is... <laughs> some <laughs> um, Real quick, somebody asked if I ever offer a V-neck T-shirt. I'll make that happen right now. Until sell my wife to make that happen. Once I done with this live chat, that's not the last question though. I just want to throw that in there. Okay. Jenny said, "Tell my wife she rocks." I had announced that just because she'd probably love to hear that. <laughs> and. Uh, okay, so JLT SIB says, hey, Phil or others, do pickup covers weaken your tone? You know, interesting enough. No, that's not how that works. But pickup covers do sound different. So now uh, there is a point to this. Uh, I have heard not only pickup manufacturers, but guitar manufacturers say that basically by putting the cover over the pickup, what that does is it actually decreases the amount of noise. Again, I'm just explaining what they told me. Uh, I've never done the, the test results to, you know, qualify this answer, but this is the answer I've been given by multiple sources. When you put a Chrome cover or co nickel cover, whatever, when you put a cover of a pickup, it insulates the pickup so that there's less noise because they solder it to the base plate. Uh, it encapsulates it as you will. So it makes it harder for the, uh, 60 cycle hum, I guess, to get into there or the noise that's getting in there to get in there. But more importantly, they claim that it does change the sound so much so that one company I want to pick on the most that, that it makes it interesting is uh, Paul Reed Smith. If you notice on the guitars that he fills like the custom 24, the single cuts, they'll put nickel covered pickups on there, but the custom, sorry, custom 22s and single cuts, they'll put the nickel covers on, but the custom 24s, which are the 24 frets with the faster playing necks, they put the bare bobbin pickups in. And Paul had said that that's because the, the, bare bobbin pickups sound more aggressive than the nickel covered ones. Um, now, the only thing I want to tell you is I have just because of aesthetics put nickel covers over my pickups on guitars for the way that looks. And I have not noticed like, wow, all the tones gone or all the gains gone. I can't notice, but I'm not here to argue that there's not a small difference. There just wasn't a huge difference or a difference noticeable to me. Um, but uh, so, yes, to answer your question, is there a difference? Does it weaken your tone? I can't say it weakens your tone. There's a lot of people claims there's a difference. The difference, though, is so subtle that I would not want to ever be in a taste test for it. In other words, I wouldn't want to hear the same pickup with and without a cover and be able to pick which is which one. I couldn't with my own ears, but I've been told there is. So there you go. It's one of those things. Sometimes you can't hear what people claim. Doesn't mean what they claim is not real. It just means you can't hear it. So, all right. That was good. Thank you for that show. Man, it was awesome. Uh, Father's Day is coming up. Make sure you say happy Father's Day out there, especially, you know, let me know if you got a cool guitar for Father's Day. That'd be awesome. 
I'd like to know that next week. Let me know what you, if you guys, and then let me know if you got a guitar tie. <laughs> Sometimes you get ties. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right. So that being said, thank you guys so much. Uh, and then we'll end with a shout out because that's what I want to do. And I'm just going to give a long shout out to the last of the, uh, the patrons real quick. And, uh, these, there's so many patrons. I can't do it. There's, there's currently over 400 of you on Patreon that hang out with me and you guys are awesome. But I just want to say thank you to James Biles, Robert Brooks, Tim Camacho, Robert Hodges, Steve Penna, Paul Ostrick, uh, Michael Linder, Joe Watson, Greg, Jonathan Pickerin, Bob Pickwood, Tim, John Levitt, Space Jazz, Paddle Pal Effects, of course, Ricky Robinson, Chuck Keene, Chris Glaze, Dylan87, Russ at Taurus Pedals, uh, Brian Stewart, Lee Hawkins, Kermit Jackson, and uh, Andy Thomas, Steve Pinna, Bob Crosley, Aaron Anthony, Daniel Click. I'm saying it wrong, man. Daniel, I'm sorry. Daniel Seekick. I'm going to say that. Andrew Good, uh, Billy Robinson, William Donaldson, Anthony Desposito, BB Ninja and Tony. Uh, and one thing I want to point out to all you guys when you do the hangouts with me on the patron, uh, it's a good time to tell me that I'm saying your name wrong so I can correct it in the future. Cause that's what uh, a bunch of you guys have done. And I fixed that since then. So I just want to let you know, the last thing I want to do is butcher your names for supporting my channel. Everyone else. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out this week. And until next week, I just want to say, know your gear. <laughs>